your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, and you can follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, you know, thank you all so much for making the Locked On Penguins podcast your first listen of the day. A couple of things before we get into today's show. Number one, um, stay tuned for something next Friday. That's all I'm going to say. Um, if it ends up coming to fruition, great. If it does not, well, um, I'll be a bit wrong on that. But I'm go- I'm definitely teasing a little something. It's not um, podcast related. It is just overall Penguins related. It's just something I heard from a little birdie. I'm not allowed to disclose what it is because I will get yelled at. But um, just stay tuned for next Friday on Black Friday regarding something uh, with the organization. It has nothing to do with the sale, um, but just something involving... Um, the team not a move either but uh, okay I've probably already said enough as it is but you know just stay tuned for that hopefully it does come to fruition you know I don't sit here looking like a complete idiot second of all um, this was something I did not see last night Sidney Crosby um, of course he obviously scored a goal in that penguin in the penguin six nothing win he now has 1,000 career points um, in 589 games played in wins so the most career points in wins um, Sid has now cracked, um, I believe he, this is what the top, almost the top 10. If I c- recall this correctly, he is now one of 12 players, excuse me, to have a thousand points in wins. He's 16 points away from, uh, tying Ray Bork, um, only 43 away from tying Paul Coffey. I'm sure he'll probably hit that. Uh, Joe Thornton is at, uh, 49 points away. Then Ron Francis at 1100. Mario Lemieux at 1,107. Steve Eiserman, 1,124. Then it's Phil Esposito, Gordy Howe, Mark Messier, Yarmir Yager, and then it's Wayne Gretzky. That record is just not being touched. He has, mo- basically, he has so many records that are not going to be touched. Hopefully the goal record is one that will be from Alex Ovechkin, but I wanted to put that stat for you all out there. Sid now has 1,000 career points, um, in uh, wins, so 362 goals, 638 assists. Congratulations to Sid on that. Now, for this first segment, we're going to do a bit of a preview for the Penguins matchup against the Maple Leafs on Saturday. Um, this is again a big matchup for the Penguins as they try to secure another two points. Where you know this is part of the season that they dug themselves a little bit of a hole where they badly need to get two points. And the Leafs are on a bit of a roll right now, actually. Um, I believe they've won five in a row. They started out by beating the Flyers on the 10th. Then they went and beat Calgary. Then they beat Buffalo. Then they shut out Nashville. And then they just took down the Rangers on Thursday night. So um, this is a team that's red hot. They've actually um, won nine of their last 10. So this is one of the hottest teams in the league. And if you go back to October 27th, um, it is 10 of their last 11. They are They have been one of the best teams in the league this season, they have an overall record of 12 and 5 and 1. They are just two points out of first in the Atlantic Division. Obviously, you know, with the, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, no one is going to care what happens with them in the regular season. It all comes down to how they play in the playoffs, and rightfully so. They blew that 3 to 1 lead to the Canadians this past year in the playoffs, and they have not won a playoff round in, what is it, almost two decades now, I'm pretty sure. So, um, this is a team that needs to start winning um, and winning quickly because I really do think that um, it's 
there's going to be a lot of changes if Toronto does not win this year. But looking at their underlying numbers, um, they are one of the best teams in the league in terms of expected goals. They have 55.5% of those, uh, only 48.3% of the actual goals. So it's funny, they're basically driving a lot of offense, but they're not finishing on a lot of their chances. But they've also won 10 of their last 11 games. So something is really not adding up there. I guess the chances that they are burying, you know, again, they are enough to get them the win in terms of Corsi. 53.5% of the shot attempts for the Maple Leafs at 5v5. That's also one of the better marks in the league. If you go a bit further here, they're... Goals four per 60, only two, but expected goals for 3.2. So they've been a bit unlucky. If that um, gets up to where their expected goals for is, um, they're, they're just going to win almost every game for the rest of the season. Their goals against per 60, 2.13. Their expected goals against per 60, 2.53. So they're outperforming that, which means you know the goalies are making saves. Well, especially one is. I mean, Jack Campbell has been one of the best goaltenders in the league this season. He has saved 13.9 goals saved above expected. That is second behind Sergei Bobrovsky. His goal saved above expected per 60. 986 percentage right there. His save percentage on unblocked shots, 969. His save percentage on unblocked shots, uh, 950. So, and this is for save percentage on shots on goal overall. 954, that's uh, 944, excuse me, that is all situations with a 1.63 goals against average. He has been a rock for Toronto this season uh, and someone who, it's going to be really hard, I think, for Pittsburgh to score on them in this game. And, you know, Toronto, they made that big bet on him coming into the season that he would repeat the success that he saw last season where he was one of the better marks in the league. I believe they also signed Peter Morozik, but he is on IR right now, so Joseph Wall is the backup. But again, you know, it will be Campbell's in this game they're not going to start the backup against the penguins overall their lines austin matthews will be manning that top line with mitch marner and nick ritchie matthews one of the best pure goal scorers in the league one of the best players in the league i always have a ton of fun watching him even though he is on toronto mitch marner bit of a slow start to the season it looked like he was not living up to that contract that he signed about what a year and a half two years ago but he's turning around in a big way Everson struggling that for that first week he is um, tied for second on the team four goals 15 points in those 18 games again. Uh, Matthews is also tied uh, for second on with scoring. Seven goals, 15 points um, in 15 games. Tavares and Nylander need, lead the team in points. Eight goals for Tavares with 16 points. Uh, Nylander, seven and 16 for him. They will both uh, be on the second line with Alexander Kerfoot. You, you all remember they chose to, what, keep Kerfoot in the expansion draft and let Jared McCann walk to Seattle, which of course, you know, that did end up happening after uh, Toronto traded for him. Don't really understand what Kyle Dubas was doing there. I thought with how analytically savvy he is, he was going to keep McCann, but I guess he decided that he likes Kerfoot better. I mean, both players have really good underlying numbers, but you know, if I were him, I would have taken McCann. Uh, their bottom six, Wayne Simmons with Jason Spezza and Michael Bunting. Spezza just never ceases to amaze me. He did, he does not get old at all. He already has three goals this season in 18 games, six points, um, Andre Kasha, he's also in the bottom six. It's nice to see him actually healthy because he is a good player overall. It's just always been that he's battled so many health concerns. He already has four goals, six points on the season. So again, I, I'm really excited that he is healthy. Uh, David Camp is on the third line with Pierre Engvall. Defensively, Morgan Riley with TJ Brody. That's one of the best shutdown top pairings in the league. You know, you have one of the best pure offensive defensemen in the league. And congratulations to Morgan Riley on that insane mega extension that he signed. What was that a week, week and a half ago? Or he's getting 
Close to $8 million per season. Yeah, it was announced on October 29th of this year. Eight years, $60 million total. Congratulations to him. He, again, he is one of the premier offensive defensemen in this league. And they can pair him with a shutdown defender in TJ Brody. I honestly compare that pairing to Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin because it's almost exactly the same, right? You know, Brian Dumoulin, he's that defensive defenseman on that pairing. He's going to cover up for Chris Letang if Letang does make a mistake, and Brody does that same thing with Morgan Riley if he makes a mistake in the defensive zone. So I love that pairing. Jake Muzzin with Justin Hull. Hull has always been a player that, you know, I personally really loved. I wish that Pittsburgh was able to get him um, about a year, year and a half ago when there were some trade rumors um, surrounding him there. But, you know, it looks like, you know, obviously Toronto decided to keep him rightfully so his underlying numbers have always been strong uh, Muzzin you know he's still kicking it he was always really good in LA and then Rasmus Sandin um, the kid is finally getting a full season's worth of look of a look here and then he's paired with Travis Dermott who um, I think Leafs fans probably want to see more of I think they were hoping at this point that he would be more than just a bottom pairing defenseman so I mean this roster is pretty freaking strong I mean this top six is one of the best top sixes in the league their bottom six is not bad I mean you know sure Wayne Simmons is not what he used to be but if Jason Spezza can still keep going strong and Kasha can stay healthy and you know Bunting and Camp can you know also provide some depth scoring um, that should go really well with a defensive group that doesn't really have too many problems. And if, again, if Jack Campbell continues to play the, the way he's playing right now, um, this is going to be a really hard team to play and beat in the playoffs. I can't believe I'm saying that just because the Maple Leafs um, choke every time they get there. But I really do like this roster for them. And, you know, if there's any year for the Leafs to win, um, it's got to be this one. Because, again, as I said a few minutes ago, there's going to be a lot of changes with this group if they do not win this year. I mean, you know, they, Kyle Dubas is avoided going at the core. You know, usually some GMs by now would have blew it up or traded a core piece. I'm sure Jim Rutherford would have. But, um, you know, he, he fully believes in it. You know, Brendan Shanahan believes in this core. The ownership does. And, you know, they're given at least one more crack at it before um, they make significant changes if they do go out in the first round. But at least for this one, we'll have Sidney Crosby back. Him going up against Matthews is always a fun time. It, it sucks that Evgeny Malkin is not going to be there. But I always love when Pittsburgh goes to Toronto and play them plays them there. Uh, it's just it wasn't the same last season just because – Usually Leafs fans will give Sid a pretty good rocking ovation and usually some Penguins fans will travel pretty well up to Toronto. And of course, you know, no disrespect to AT&T Sportsnet with, you know, Steve Mears and Bob Barry. I think they do um, a decent job. It is still not Sportsnet. I mean, Sportsnet is the cream of the crop when it comes to producing NHL games. I will 100% be tuning in to that broadcast on my ESPN Plus subscription, especially due to the headline segment with Elliot Friedman. I believe what that is what during the second intermission just gets to talk about all the big stories surrounding the league, and I'm sure he will discuss um, the pending Penguin sale. There was no announcement this week, so it looks like there's probably still voting on it and all that stuff. Um, as soon as I hear more, um, I will give you all the latest on that. But that is the preview for this uh, Penguins game against Toronto. It's a game that they have to have if they want to continue to bank points. And you know, I'm just excited to see, I think, hopefully two future playoff teams this year uh, go at it. You know, I don't think it's going to be 
the same game that we saw a few weeks ago when Pittsburgh just absolutely blew out Toronto with a bunch of Mark Donks scoring. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go over some practice notes from today. Mike Sullivan has rejoined the team. We'll go over a couple of the notes there. And, you know, plus we got a whole lot more to get into for the rest of this episode. But before we do that, Thanksgiving, it's coming up now in what, six days? There's all that good food and treats. Plenty of them, and maybe you just want a yummy dessert, right? You know, it's not full of calories and sugar. That means it's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. It is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie on Thanksgiving has upwards of 300 calories, and that is on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and have only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They are low-calorie low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein, plus they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It's also a great option for when you're hungry, even when it's not Thanksgiving. You know, you can still go for a Bilt Bar or two any day of the week during this year, or, you know, next year, of course, since 2022 is coming up right around the corner. Uh, the website has new surprises all month, limited-time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so please check the site often. For the offer, you can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Mike Sullivan was able to get to Toronto today. Um, He actually announced to the media um, earlier on Friday that he was in Buffalo um, at his hotel room watching the game against Montreal on Thursday night and then was able to cross the border on Friday as that was the first day that he was allowed back into Canada since um, recovering from his COVID-19 positive test. And the lines of the Penguins practice... Here, here's a bold one for you all. They were the same, and rightfully so. Jake Gensel with Sidney Crosby and Brian Rust. Jason Zucker with Jeff Carter and Kasperi Kapanen. Zach Kastronis with Teddy Bluger and Brock McGinn. Dominic Simone with Evan Rodriguez and Danton Heinen. Matheson, Ruedel, Pedersen, Marino, Dumoulin, Latang, and then Tristan Jari was in the starters net. Yes, I would expect to see Tristan uh, starting tomorrow, and you know, why not? There's no back-to-back coming up for a while. He's been giving the team pretty decent goaltending all year, and, you know, you're playing one of the best teams of the league. You're, you're going to go with your starter in that game. If they were to play Casey to Smith, I mean, you might as well just concede the game at that point considering how bad to Smith has been going back to last season. Um, I remember that stat for you all. Seven of his last nine starts, he's given up four or more goals. That's going to be a situation to keep your eye on as the season progresses because if that does not improve... Um, I definitely think you're going to see Ron Hextall uh, make a move in the goalie position. And speaking of Uncle Ronnie, him and Brian Burke were um, on the plane. They are on this trip overall. And, you know, usually that's not that big of a deal because the GM, um, I think, usually travels with the team everywhere they go. I know sometimes some like to stay back, you know, take notes from the house and all that. But it was confirmed that Hextall and Brian Burke were on this trip. And, you know, it makes sense, especially just because this is a pivotal time in the season for the Penguins. They're looking at the team, seeing what they're going to have to do probably a few months from now, take some notes, maybe see what's out there on the trade front and all that. They, they know what's at stake, so they just probably want to get a closer look at the team. And that's what any good GM slash executive will do. And here actually is some breaking news 
as I am recording this. This comes from Mark Belko of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. The Fenway Sports Group has unanimously approved the purchase of the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday. Sportico first reported the vote, and the Post-Gazette was able to confirm it. So the Penguins board has also unanimously approved the sale, so no one voted against it. Now, what does that mean? The NHL must approve the deal. Um, I think that's going to be at the Board of Governors meeting. I want to say that's early December. I think if Frank Cervelli was correct, it's around December 7th through December 9th, if that sounds right. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's around that time frame. And, you know, again, I don't really understand why people are hating this so much. They're not going to move the team. I've seen people saying on Penguins Twitter, or, you know, just a bunch of message boards that they're going to move them to Hartford because these people are from the Boston area. You have to be like the Whalers again or something like that. Let's just pump the brakes on something so stupid. The Penguins are not going to move. One, they have one of the best fan bases in hockey. Two, they have a lease with PBG Paints Arena until 2040. In case people forgot... That's 19 years from now, you know. That's just, that's not going to happen. And C, they'll probably be pretty freaking competitive by then and have another era where this team is a Stanley Cup contender. Obviously, Sidney Crosby and this latest core are going to be long retired by then. I mean, they'll be like in their early 50s, I think, by 2040. But I really don't understand why so many people are panicking about this. You know, they've shown to put money into their pocket. You know, these people... It doesn't look like they're cheap. It's not going to be like a Bob Nutting situation or something like that. I think people are just being dumb for the sake of being dumb. This is also a ownership group that really values the use of analytics with their sports teams. I think the Boston Red Sox have one of the best analytics staff uh, in baseball. Liverpool also uses them as well. You know, they they made that big decision. The Red Sox that is to trade Mookie, Mookie Betts to the Dodgers, and you know he got that record breaking extension out there. I know that's going to scare some people with the Penguins just because Gino and Tanger are up after this season, but I still think they'll be able to come back. I think Mario is going to talk to the main ownership group about that. So I think the people that are just, you know, they're mad about it, y'all can just t- take a b- deep breath. You know, Burko was not going to be here forever. This is his going out party. As Frank Cerebrelli reported yesterday, I touched on it on my Thursday episode, he's going to be walking away with over $400 million after he bought, helped buy the team in 1999 for a little over $100 million. I mean, that's a pretty damn good investment after owning a sports franchise for over two decades. Mario, I'm sure, is going to walk away with a whole lot of money as well as he slides into a minority role. So there really is, is no negative to this, I don't think. you know, I, I also think that I touched on it earlier this week. This could be the start of the floodgates opening a little bit around the NHL as more of these ownership conglomerates try to gobble up sports teams. You know, for example, you know, with Ted Leonsis here in Washington, D.C., he owns the Capitals and the Wizards as part of his ownership group. So I'll be curious to see, you know, if something like that happens in other cities where a big conglomerate with a head at the top, starts gobbling up sports teams left and right. And in this article from the Post-Gazette, there were no terms discussed with how much the sale is going to be. I'm sure that's going to come out within the next week or two. But again, the next step in this process, it will have to go to an NHL Board of Governors vote. I'm sure they will approve it, and the Fenway Sports Group will officially 
own the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look for that to be coming in about a few weeks or so. Now, if Burkle does step into that minority ownership role with Mario, which has been reported by a couple of outlets, I still think he's going to walk away with close to $400 million anyway. It'll be a pretty substantial number. So both him and Mario are going to be just fine after this sale. Again, they both accomplished what they came here for when they saved the team from bankruptcy in 1999 from Howard Baldwin, who should be in the gulag at this point. They oversaw three championships, 15 straight years of the playoffs, almost 700 straight games of a sellout in Pittsburgh. I mean, what more could you ask for from an ownership group of this team? So I wish them all the best as they slide into minority ownership roles, at least you know Mario definitely will. It's remain, it remains to see if Burkle will. And I'm excited for their future with Fenway Sports Group coming in here and taking over for them. That'll wrap up this segment of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, we're going to do a little bit of a look ahead for the Penguins with their schedule, do a small preview of their game against Winnipeg. That'll be the final game of this three-game Canadian road trip before they return home next week for a game against the Vancouver Canucks and a slate of four straight Canadian teams. before. And then after that, they'll go play the Islanders at the UBS Arena. Uh, before we do that, though, Bet online. They're back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So coming up uh, next week for Pittsburgh after this game against Toronto, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. Usually I like to go one game at a time, but they'll play, again, another one of the better teams in the league in the Winnipeg Jets. I know they're fresh off a 2-1 shootout loss to the Edmonton Oilers where Connor McDavid just, you know, Showed everyone why he's the best player in the world. Tied the game up with five minutes left and then was able to score a shootout goal to help uh, his team come away with the win. Winnipeg's underlying numbers this year, they're pretty damn good. They have 51.1% of the expected goals, 60.7% of the actual goals for this is all at 5v5. So um, with the chances that they are, do, they are, they are getting, they are more than just burying them. I mean, they're burying the chances that... They're not even getting, if that makes sense. They're, they've been one of the better scoring teams in the league this season. For shot attempts for Corsi, they have 52% of those at 5v5. If we go a little bit further here um, with Winnipeg, their actual goals for per 60, 2.53, expected goals for 2.61. So they're under the curve a little bit there, but it's still not really much. And then their expected goals against per 60, 2.46. Their actual goals against per 60, 1.64. I think that has a lot to do with both their defense and Connor Hellebuck in net. Their, their defense is actually pretty improved this season, which is definitely something I did not think I was going to be saying going into this year. Josh Morrissey finally has a competent partner on the top pair with Nate Schmidt. I mean, I, I've always found Schmidt to be really underrated no matter where he's been. Brendan Dillon, he's always been pretty decent at suppressing shots. You're not going to get a lot of offense out of him, but you know he's the perfect partner for Neil Pionk, who j- does drive a lot of offense for the Jets. I remember when he was with New York, the Rangers that is, he couldn't do a lick of anything there. And then he goes to Winnipeg 
and he's he's this completely different player. Dylan DeMello is on the bottom pairing with Logan Stanley. Stanley's not that good, but they have five pretty decent defenders here who can drive play at a good level. Then you go to their forward group, Mark Shifley, very, always very underrated. Nikolai Ehlers, he's been a rock to start the season. Pierre-Luc Dubois has rediscovered his game. Kyle Connor has been one of the best goal scorers in the league this season. Andrew Kopp is on the top line. Adam Laurie is still there. They got Riley Nash on the on the fourth line. Um, Blake Wheeler, of course, you know he's still in the top six. This is probably going to be a playoff team, you know, especially when you have Connor Hellebuck in net. He's carried their corpses to the playoffs the last couple of seasons. I don't think you can classify it as Hellebuck doing the same again this year, just because I think Winnipeg is a lot deeper, both at forward and defense for this season. But you know. The MTS Center, is it still the MTS Center? Oh, no, it's now the Canada Life Center, of course. They had to change the name. Um, it was the MTS Center for the longest time. That place is always rocking, especially with the whiteouts, though. It's not going to be during the regular season. This, again, going to be a very tough game for the Penguins to win. If Pittsburgh can come out of this three-game road trip with at least four out of six points coming back to Pittsburgh, I would be pretty happy with that. Obviously, you want all six with the hole that they've dug themselves. But um, even a split in these next two games, that would satisfy me. And hopefully that would satisfy a lot of you all as well because they have a struggling Vancouver team coming back to Pittsburgh. And you know they have a lot of issues right now. I don't know how Jim Benning is still the GM there. But that is a look ahead for Pittsburgh after this game against Toronto. Again, if they can win one of these two games, hopefully both, um, they'll be in a much better spot coming home as opposed to just winning one of these three games on the road. But that'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. I'm glad that I was back on my normal schedule this week to bring you five more episodes. Next week, it might be a little different. I'm not sure if I'm going to be recording on Thanksgiving or not. I'm definitely going to give you all an episode on Monday. Definitely giving you one on Tuesday. Definitely giving you all one on Wednesday. Friday, I think I'm going to do one as well. Uh, Thursday, though, I might take the day off to spend with my family overall, but I still haven't decided yet if I'm going to knock one out, um, out that day. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see what the Penguins can do on Saturday, and also we'll see what the Steelers can do on Sunday on Sunday Night Football. So have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you all on Monday.